Welcome to episode two of Gratitude Sandwich, the little podcast that hopes to make a big impact in your life and those around you as you begin to practice gratitude in small ways. First, by listening to these wonderful stories that people just like you are sharing about how gratitude maybe surprised them in their life. This podcast offers a space to play around with practicing gratitude for yourself, which only improves your relationships with others. So let's get started. Thank you. 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 Today, I am here with my sister. Yep, you heard that right. It's my sister. She is a snappy accessorizer, for one, and she's also Dr. Deb, Deborah Winking, Senior Consultant at University of Washington Center for Educational Leadership. Today's podcast is a two-part um, podcast based on her journey moving from... That title I just said that was really long, I'm not going to repeat it, to, <laughs> to a person who's writing a book, a memoir. And so today we're going to talk about her most recent journey moving in that direction. So hi, Deb. Are you there? Hello. Hi, sister. Hi. I like so, that intro. Yeah, well, it was full of crap, like, you know. <laughs> like we a lot are. Of words, a lot of words. So you, my wonderful sister who I am so blessed to be related to. I'm so thankful for you joining me today um, to tell us this story because I think so many people will resonate with all that is wrapped up in it. And we could unpack this one for a good long time. We'll try to keep it short for you listeners. God bless you. Promising you a 10 to 17 minutes. We'll see where we go. So Deb, tell us your story. Start start your story about um, gratitude inside of your most recent movement in your life. All right, sister. Hey, um, first of all, back at you in terms of the pride and how much I appreciate this being able to be on the phone with you like we are right now. Um, my gratitude, when you asked me about this, I had to think a little bit because, um, there's so much that I'm grateful for, but when you gave me that, uh, prompt about a gratitude sandwich, I, I had to think Right now, in this present moment, my gratitude sandwich is stuffed with a double helping of awe for a God who literally, against my own stubborn willfulness, continues to put me in situations where I benefit from his grace. And I've seen this dance play out throughout my life with things with any one of my four kids, uh, any stage of life I've been in, but... I would say I've gone kicking and screaming into my 50s trying to fight <laughs> every time. But now I'm happy to say that I'm officially surrendering. I'm saying that out loud, uh, listeners, so that when, so that there are witnesses, at least in, in the form of this podcast, the next time I barrel in thinking that I know better um, than what God has in store for me. So we will all be witnesses to that, Deb. We will... Uh call you up (laughs) let go let go it's okay I I guess my thinking was um or has been I grew up uh I think like many white middle-class people I was brought up with wait we're white yeah we are you can't Uh, tell but we are 
um, brought up in in what I would call the church of the meritocracy. And, and by that, I mean, I don't mean the church like we go to, but we were church, we were schooled in the idea um, that, you know, based on where we were in society that I learned, and I think you did too, living in this, growing up in the same house with me, that if we worked hard and followed all the rules and hung in there long enough, that good things as we defined them would come. And when I say privilege, I'm not talking. And so, for listeners, I'm not talking about trust fund babies, string of polo, <laughs> string of polo ponies born with a silver spoon in your mouth kind of privilege. Not at all. Certainly, um, you and I and our brother growing up in Quincy, Illinois, we had to work. We were not strangers to powdered milk and other kinds of money-saving money tricks that our parents used yeah. Yeah. To, make, to make do and stretch the food. So I'm not talking about that kind of privilege. Um, we did not grow up wealthy. Matter of fact, I know we even detasseled corn through the summers to pay for our tuition to school, to, to Catholic school. But right. when that I was think, an interesting story I always like to tell people, right? That like we had to go to Catholic school and we had to pay for it. Like, as kids, <laughs> yeah. we had to figure out, uh, you know, that was, that was, it a was not an option. There was yeah. not an option. You want this child. You want, you win. Yeah, no, you I'm want telling to. you, you want this. And you um, want to pay for it. <laughs> but, but when I say privilege, I mean it this way. I mean privilege in the sense of having that comfortable insulation um, that I would get what I worked for. And, and as I've grown, you know, as I've lived many, many more years of my life, I realized that there are cultures and people um, whose skin is not the same color as mine, who, do, who have not seen that clear through line from their efforts to a payoff. It's not automatically assumed the world around um, that if you work hard and follow the rules, you'll get what you what you've earned. Right. But, and as you and I know, it's not even true when you do believe it. Right. Right. But <laughs> we grow up. We, and that's and that's where that's where I think I think part of my learning is going that we're discussing today. But the fact is children of a meritocracy have grown up expecting that if I worked hard and did things the right way, I it would generally pay off. And I think that's important because that's how we sometimes end up railing when things don't turn out as we as we've expect as we expect them because absolutely because we have enough evidence to see that it does work out sometimes it almost works like an affirmation in some places right okay. so we know it we go after it we get it and then there's it's just not a, a hundred percent right it, but usually and, and and that's just been part of the experience of being an American, usually in the dominant class. If you worked hard and you went for the job, you'd get something. You get something. Like you'd, be, you'd be turned down because your name ended with a vowel or your or 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 you had dreadlocks or whatever. You thought you you would get what you went for. And that's just how it went. Mm -hmm. That's just how it went. And so given this frame of kind of like I said, growing up in that meritocracy, um, I, I thought I had my path all figured out. Um, so as I raised four kids, my four kids, our four kids, Pete and I's four kids, I consulted for um, a number of a number of universities, and um, but I did that so I could be with my kids. 
Um, throughout that time, I was working with teachers and teacher leaders to make their program and principals and superintendents to make their programs better. And so when my kids got bigger, I was itching to get back into leadership to make my mark in school administration. I thought, hey, you spent enough time helping every, everybody else make their schools, their programs, their, their departments better. Now it's, now it's your turn. And there you go. There's that hint of a meritocracy again. It's your turn. <laughs> uh, my plan was to lead a school. And I thought when my, my last was finishing around about the time of finishing high school, I thought, hey, you know what? I want to be on the front lines practicing what I preached. Um, I had preached out there at all those schools, making a difference with my own teachers and students instead of helping other leaders improve their programs. I want to get a little, frankly, I want to, there's, there's some ego in that. I want to get a little glory. Um, so following that particular, that my predictable formula, I was set out to do all the right things and follow all the rules. And again, this is where, um, I think we righteously, uh, and erroneously get this sense of indignation when things don't work out for us. So I went back to school to get a bona fide principal certificate. Now I did this. Um, I did this even though I had multiple graduate degrees in education, educational psychology, I had leadership. I had a special special education supervisory license, and I, in my own job, was training principals. But I thought, nope, you need that piece of paper. So I'm gonna go back and do it the right way. Then continuing to push my own plan, I completed a year-long principal internship. And I thought, okay, I did it, checked all the boxes. Surely now, um, surely all the jobs would start rolling in and I could write my own ticket, select the type of school I wanted to lead. Matter of fact, I even developed an, a list of internal specifications for my desired school. I wanted it to be diverse. I wanted it to be a Title I school. I knew what I wanted. Wow. So again, the meritocracy, I did it right. I should get, I should get what I earned. So all that was following my plan uh, until the jobs didn't roll in. That part was hard. I got Mm -hmm. to be there in that with you a little bit. That processing was, was a lot. Yeah, because I, I think I real I mean, and there's that righteous indignation of the meritocracy. I railed against that because that's not what's supposed to happen to people like me. Educate people, educated people, people who do the work, people who follow the rules. Um, and when that didn't work out, I even pushed my agenda more. And then I thought, well, maybe maybe I should have the exec, the top executive job at the university where I where I consult. Yeah, instead of you mean instead of becoming a principal. Well, I kept that option open, but I, 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 in pushing my own agenda, I said, okay, maybe it's, maybe it's to be this still, that's a version of having your own program, having your own school, having your own students, because I would be leading that program. Again, I followed all the rules, dotted all the I's, crossed all the T's until I did not get that again. And you know, like almost like a spoiled child. There, there I was again with the railing. You know, why I, I did this right? I've got the credentials. I follow the rules. Um. So it, 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 that's when things 
that's when things started to turn, I would say, a little bit. Um, I had been writing. In How did that feel then in that moment when you felt it starting to turn? Well, I think it was because everything else was not panning out. And so I had to entertain God's plan because all the stuff of mine was um, was kind of disintegrating in front of my eyes, right? Right, but inside of that, you didn't know that you weren't entertaining God's plan, right? I mean, because you wouldn't have been going that direction if you were like knowing you were thumbing your nose at God. I'm doing oh, this. Yeah, <laughs> but I, mind, right? Well, I guess that's the that's the point. I had been I had been I mean had I had a little of this on the side. I had been writing in fits and starts in planes and hotel rooms in quiet moments. But all the all the time I was doing that, I said, Oh, that's not what I do. That's not the main event. That's something I do on the side. So, um, and even when I didn't get the jobs, I I went back and immersed myself in my kids. Now, three of them, college age, I immersed myself in kids and kid pursuits. No, they would be my main event. Mm -hmm. Still not wanting to surrender. Um, And and I want to say... after not getting what I earned, I think I applied for between 18 and 21 principal and assistant principal jobs and just wow. kept getting nothing. And and this is with all my credentials. So and I remember that process for each one of those was a pretty big deal, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. you got a bunch of interviews. You had interviews in there, right? I didn't get as many as I thought, though. And I think that's all part of, you know, God trying to hit me over the head with sure. where I should be, you know. So. God likes to be loud with the winking girls, I think. He, he knows to be. Yeah, <laughs> it needs to be. Yeah. So um, I guess, you know, after all that, I started, I I don't know how, how it kind of hit me, but I, I got this inkling about, well, why? You know, again, back to the meritocracy. I'd done everything right, and yet I still wasn't getting them. So there had to be, I guess that's what led me to, there has to be something else. And that's when I realized that I felt like God was serving me up on a silver platter, exactly what I needed. And that was the time, the space, physical and headspace, and the support to pursue my writing. And he was giving me what I needed, even as I could not push it away fast enough. I mean, literally he was just kept giving it to me and I kept saying, no, I don't, uh, that's not me. That's not me. That's not my main event. That's not what I do. Um, and so, so when I you was, say he was giving it to you, do you feel like, I mean, I know that I had at times been like, so how's that book come in? And I think you even said at one point, your kids like, like mom, when are you going to do this? I mean, were those messages pretty ongoing? Yeah, I think those, yeah, no, it was, there was you, there, there was definitely you. There was the, the kids at one point, I lamented another job that didn't work out. And they said, mom, you know what you really should do? Don't worry about that. Go finish that book. Right. You know? So, But I think it was, when I say giving me what I needed, yeah, it was messages from other people, but it was also what I needed was not to get those jobs. If I would have gotten any one of those jobs, I mean, even... Even the least um, labor intensive, yeah, yeah. Even the even the least, um, you know. Uh, even if I would have gotten a beginning assistant principal job, 
uh-huh. I would I would not be where I am now. So him not giving me things was giving me things, and I didn't know it. And I kept right. And also, to to be a little selfish, if you had those jobs, you wouldn't get to come see me as much and our parents here. <laughs> well, I wrote I I, I I wrote about that too. I I, yeah. I said. Even as I was saying out loud, well, you know, if I get any of these, I really won't be able to um, see my parents who are getting older or I won't have the flexibility to see my sister, see my family. I won't have the flexibility to see my son who's in L.A. Even as I was saying that, I was pushing it away because my agenda was number one. And I, and I, and I think that's how I came to surrender. What did that look like? Well, dense as I am, when I finally surrendered to his will and saw clearly that I was not going to get what I earned because he had something else in store for me, possibly something better, we'll see. Um, I had I had to write it down and post it on my computer to remind myself because that word bullheaded uh, <laughs> runs, in, runs in the family. I think that quality bullheadedness runs in our family. So, so that's what I wrote in, in big letters. You are here consulting, not working full time in this place, a home office and on airplanes, not in a school or in an office building. In this field of education, where I am reminded every day, a matter of fact, smacked in the head with research, um, in this situation with kids who are now independent and able to take care of themselves, with a husband who's enormously supportive to write this, then I signed that little post-it, God, that he was telling me, take this time and do this. Quit fighting it. Mm, So, So good. So good. So good. And so the fighting and the railing against, and then this turn, it had to be pretty intense. Um, all those repeated, you know, crickets, right? Like, or, or rejections. No crickets for sure. Yeah. Yeah, You'd send out multiple, I mean, I'd, I'd hook up with, you know, I'd have connections, personal connect. I mean, some of them were almost ridiculous examples of there's a reason you're not getting that. And I, and I still pushed. So, Mm. um, but when you said, uh, it must've been hard, actually, weirdly, when I finally did that and surrendered, it felt pretty good. It felt pretty natural. So maybe that's a lesson too, is that when I finally did surrender, it's like, Hey, wait a minute. Right. Well, the pain's in the struggle, right? Yeah. Right. Right. And so what are you grateful for inside of all this? Well, now I see that an immensely loving God has carefully crafted just this circuitous set of circumstances so that this uber extrovert, and you got to admit. Oh, my gosh. Please no. I'm probably worse than you, right? I think so. Yeah, I think we're both on one end of the bell curve on that, but I'm way out on the edge. So <laughs> um, that, that this Uber expert would let go of what she thought she should do and instead to do something that she would never have thought possible. And that has been, um, you know, write this manuscript that's now turned into a book um, that's not ready yet, but is heading in that direction. Um, so I know, I think that this is most certainly true. Be- it is God, and that's that's where my gratitude lies, is because of what I know of myself. 
um, I see clearly that it is his work. There's no fuzziness about that. There's nothing about my relational, extreme extroverted self that has <laughs> discipline to sit with only my thoughts uh, to entertain me and write some what may turn out to be 300 and some pages. Yet here they are in front of me. Even rough as they are, I know that I wouldn't have been able to do it on my own. I There's nothing in me that could do that. So, um, yeah, so I don't know where it's going to take me less uh, next, but I'm trying to expect less and listen more. Brilliant. Um, and, and you, you know, you ask, and I think I probably didn't directly address it, what I'm thankful for. I'm thankful that uh, for the opportunity to be still, for the opportunity to examine, for the opportunity to look at some of the things I believed in so strongly and, and see how they played out in this, in, the, in this memoir. Um, I'm mm-hmm. grateful to, for the process and for the, even for the pain because it led to clarity. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I can only say that right now we're talking process and I would have never made it here um, without, like I said, God saying, you know what? I'm going to be tenacious. I don't care how badly she thinks she knows what she wants. <laughs> I know what, I know what she needs. So she needs, yes. So I can only say with appreciation and surrender that my gratitude sandwich is full of, uh, I think is appreciation for the act of surrender and what comes after that. Yeah, this journey, right? This whole journey through this wanting and this painful process and then finding out that there was, you know, we always say in life coaching, you know, this or something better when you're making affirmations because God always has bigger, better plans or at least different plans that usually work out and, mm-hmm. you know, to our advantage. And so um, if, even if it takes a lot of hindsight to see it. So inside of the this or something better, you know, holding on a little looser and coming now to this new place where golly day, I mean, you, Deb's already been published as a, you know, inside of education, right? Well, I will say that, that, you know, Lori, thanks for, for pointing that out. I had, I've written 10 or 12 scholarly journal articles and every time in the past, I sketched something out or thought I had something to say. I would say, eh, you know what? That's been said. I don't, I don't have anything to say about that. I don't have anything new to say about that, but this time, I really felt I had something to say, and that's why, that's what kept me, that's what kept me going as well. Is oh my gosh, I, I have to tell everybody that I have had the privilege of reading an early version, and I was I'm blown away. I can't wait for this book to be shared with the world, and I'm not going to tell you any more about the book because it's so exciting that it can actually come to fruition and and be shared with the world. I when I read it myself, I read it over a weekend and I felt afterwards I remember telling someone afterwards they said, "How's your trip?" I was on a trip and I had was reading the book throughout the the flights and the trip and everything and I remember telling someone, "Oh my gosh, it was so great. I got to spend all this time with my sister." And then I stopped. I know. That's hilarious. It's like nutty. I felt like I was with you and if the world gets the gift of spending time with my sister, inside of the stories that you've lived and honed um, and and the kind of grace and tenacity with which you live your life. Wow. (laughs) What a gift. What a gift. I am so excited for the world to get this. 
Well, thank you so much, Lori. Does, does that mean, can I be presumptuous enough to say, does that mean that you'll invite me back to well, another opportunity to talk with gratitude? Yes, absolutely. Like because book. Yeah, because you, um, I, if you weren't listening at the beginning, I told them this is a two-part. So okay. I made sure, but see, now they're all be like, they're all like right now, like, oh my gosh, these women talk too much. So it may have to be a three-part. So, uh, <laughs> so we are running out of time, but I want to say to everyone here, thank you so much for listening. And to my sister, Holy Mackerel, thank you for sharing this journey that a lot of people wouldn't want to share out in the world. It's hard to talk about some of the things that people might call failures and it's so beautiful to see how you've turned them into this direction and and seeing God's handprints all over it. Thank you, Lori. Thanks so much. I'm looking forward to our next time to sit down together. Yay. That's another chance to be together. Yeah, that's right. Thank you. As we wrap up episode three, let's take just a moment to practice. Settle in, breathe in and out through your nose and bring to mind something that you are grateful for. Breathe it in. Appreciate that one thing deeply. There, it's as simple as that. And why practice all this gratitude? One study from 2012 suggests that grateful people experience fewer aches and pain and they likely take better care of themselves, going to the doctor more regularly, working out more regularly. So here's to greater health and wellness. If you want more about health and wellness and connecting to your mind, body, and spirit, please visit my website, lauribisser.com. There you can download a free guided meditation to help increase your creativity and keep it flowing, as well as your connectivity to yourself and to others, becoming more present to your whole experience of this one wild and precious life. There you'll also find a link to my YouTube channel where you can check out my Meditation Mondays and Slow Down Sundays. Meditation Monday offers guided meditations that you can enjoy at your leisure at any time. Very short, easy, edible meditations. My Slow Down Sundays are full of lovely restorative yoga poses that you can practice anytime and anywhere. Please, one more request, leave me a five-star review on Spotify or iTunes. I promise to give you a shout out right back. Thank you for joining me today. I am grateful for you.